forever. Dog. Comic books, comic time. Writers and artists are on the line. They make a splash as a comic's red and take us on a trip behind the spread. Watch out for comic book commentary. Spinning a winning inside fix how they got a hot idea. Narrative, character, visual tricks, and onomatopoeia. Uh huh. It's comic book commentary. Hey, all right. Welcome to Comic Book Commentary. I am uh, God's humble scribe, two-time Eisner nominee Kyle Starks. Uh, I am the writer on Skybound's Assassination. I've written and sometimes drawn a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Rick and Morty, Rock Candy Mountain from Image, Sex Castle from Image, Kill Them All from Oni, Dead of Winter, etc. I'm a writer boy. I write things. Uh, and today we're going to talk about uh, assassination, uh, which was me and Erica Henderson, uh, two-time Eisner winner. Erica Henderson, she's great. She's unbelievable. She's my number one draft pick if I was drafting comic artists to draw my silly books. She's amazing. I say she's amazing a lot because I noticed uh, I listened to the other comic book commentaries, and they all seemed very well put together and thought out, and I'm not going to be very good at that. And also, I feel like they didn't suck up enough to their uh, creative partners, uh, but they also didn't have Erica Henderson, so I can't blame them. So, hey, let's talk about uh, Assassination. That's a book that we made that's coming out very soon uh, from Skybound, and I think we do this one page at a time. I don't know. Let's do it that way. Hey, look at this cover. Do you guys have it in front of you? I don't. I just have a PDF. If you have it in front of you, though, look at that cover, man. Uh, when we were talking about what to put on the cover, I had no idea because covers are really hard. Um, and Erica said, what if we did a 20-person uh, Mexican standoff? And I said, that would be amazing, but probably completely impossible to draw uh, as a human being. You'd probably need to like have like three human beings combined into one uh, to draw that or some sort of space alien. But Erica did it. Look how dope it is. It's freaking great. Uh, I love it. You got Rankin there in your front. He's going to be sort of our uh, our main character in an ensemble cast, sort of. I don't know. It's complicated. You'll see. Uh, so we have that. Uh, right thereafter should be the uh, worldwide, worldwide Assassin's Rankings, um, <clears throat> which is the top 20. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. I'm dying. It's the top 20 killers in the world uh, ranked. Uh, I'm not for sure who does this ranking, but it is very important. As you can see, Fernando, who is very sexy and very powerful, is the... Uh, Returning number one, that's important because um, this list is real funny because I wrote like I wrote this list because the list has an important function through the course of the series, like it plays an important role, and uh, so I wanted this I wanted this list, um, but also like my thing is look you get to meet these killers right out the gate which I thought was important and you get sort of an idea about them too. So, like, Fernando and Taipan are great because, obviously, they are maintaining their top one-two. Um, and if you see um, my two of my beloved favorite characters, Dave and Fuck Tarkington, are at the bottom. They presumably are always at the bottom. But then you can see, you know, Niles Axelrod is a guy to be dealt with. Chad Fingerman's dangerous. These guys are all, like, sort of hanging in the top ten, uh, top five. So, you know. They're trouble. So when you see them show up, see, that's what I did. I planted a seed here. When you see them show up, you'll know 
their trouble. Hey, all right, so let's just keep going. Uh, uh, so here is Rankin in his office, and he's interrogating uh, a guy who I believe in script's name was Donnie. I'm not for sure it's ever said. I can't remember. It's been a while. Um, we, Erica and I, had decided that Rankin was going to be sort of a pretentious art collector, especially once he once he took over. Um, here, well, let me back up. So Rankin is the world's former greatest hitman, which he will mention every time you see him because it's all he cares about is that basically once upon a time uh, for a while, for a long while, he was the man and he feels like that's something to be proud of. And it probably is though. I guess there's a lot of murder. You shouldn't be that proud of it. Um, but it was, it was sort of like his defining achievement in his life. So he, he's always coming back to it. Uh, and he's kind of an asshole too. But we decided, Erica sort of made this decision because I was like, oh, I think he, he owns like a couple pieces of art, which we'll get to later. But Erica sort of went all in as like, he's going to be like a huge art collector. So she made all these awesome masks, uh, which I think are so great and super creepy. But I sort of love the idea of like, since, since he quit being a hitman and just became head of this crime family, that he's sort of trying to find hobbies. I also love that he is nonchalantly just eating noodles while he, you know, torture interrogates this guy. Uh, uh, this was the first scene I wrote of the book. Uh, I really like a lot of parts of it. I like how this guy, even while he's getting beat up, like doesn't want to be condescended to about uh, the Chekhov's gun reference, uh, which I also think naming a hitman Chekhov's gun is super badass. So that's how we're going to fly into this guy. So there you go. Uh, the next page, uh, oh, well, let's just go. So here's what's going on. I don't think it says on this page. On the next page is that uh, someone has been trying to kill Rankin here for a while unsuccessfully. And he's trying to figure out by beating up this guy who I think is in the number two gang. Uh, he's in one of the other two gangs or is a, sort of a stool pigeon for them uh, to find out who is trying to kill him so he can take care of this business. Uh, really good. Uh, Regret joke, page two, loving it. Uh, so as he's, of course, interrogating what happens, it's another assassination hit, my guys. Uh, his boys try to get him out, but they're ding-dongs. This is important. It's important that his bodyguards are sort of ding-dongs. Uh, page three, ding-dongs. Uh, not literal ding-dongs. It's not that kind of book. Uh, for four and five, I wanted to do a big splash of once they got out to the street, the guy who's trying to kill them is just sort of unleashing... A terrible hell on the street and of course eric anderson is as i said number one traffic so good uh look at this uh it also should be pointed out that erica colored this issue so everything about it that's amazing is like 100 erica um so yeah these guys aren't helping him out rankin rankin knows something needs to be done here uh and now we jump to rankin's penthouse apartment presumably different places i don't think uh you do your interrogation in your in your home but i could be wrong and we see uh, Maxwell Bishop, who's also going to be one of the primary characters. Maxwell Bishop also is the world's former greatest hitman. He replaced Rankin, uh, which will actually be mentioned on the next page. But once Rankin retired or was forced to retire, Bishop was the guy who, who sort of moved up after him. Uh, sort of a, a shack to your Michael Jordan, uh, briefly, uh, briefly number one. Uh, there's this great Not a Trap painting that Erica drew. Again, aforementioned that he kind of has these art. I love this sort of... Uh, 
Barbara Kruger element to it. Um, uh, and there's this sort of, uh, you know, for the safety of yourself and others, please leave your gun here. A little note and all these guns laying around on trays. As uh, we see, there's other people here f- before him, also with guns. Someone sneaks up on Max. Uh, it's, of course, Rankin. Rankin's like, don't worry about me. I, I, they don't let me kill anybody anymore. Uh, and, of course, uh, he's still going on about how he used to be number one, and he's not. He will never stop because he is obsessed. Uh, I think uh, I, my thing is, um, as a writer, I tend to do more character defining through dialogue. Uh, I was just speaking to a peer recently, and I pointed out that I generally write dialogue first before scenes. Like, I, I factor in beats that are important for that issue or for that segment of the book. Um, but I don't hard write that stuff out. I really write the dialogue out because I think that's in my life when I talk, you know, people tend to define their own character more through what they say than what actions they do, but only because, you know, there's not a lot of, um, we don't do a lot of musical real life musicals where people just start singing their intention or you're dancing their intention or Kung Fu fighting out their intentions. So I've always really sort of relied on dialogue. Uh, I also wrote plays in uh, college, so I've always sort of leaned into into dialogue being kind of the most important part of my writing. Uh, I so yeah, there's a I, there's a there's a bit here where Rankin is sort of going on about how you know before he got married, he was so good at dating, like that was the game, and that was the game that he was good at, and. Um, now that he's married, which is to say now that he's running this crime family and he's not out killing, all he can do is think about how good he was at killing all the time. And, you know, Bishop, of course, is like, well, I found when I was married, like, I was intertwined with my soulmate. And uh, Rankin's like, yeah, well, you know, uh, apples to oranges, I guess. Like, we all have different experiences. Um, also, like, Rankin, our, we, we establish here on the next page that Bishop's been retired. Um and he was not expected to show up. Um, but Bishop establishes the second mystery of the book. Ooh. Mystery number one, who's trying to kill Boss Rankin? Mystery number two is that somebody here has killed Bishop's husband, and he's going to find them, and he has a gold-plated gun that says revenge on it. Um, I think ever, if you ever go unretired, like if you used to work at... Um, used to be a janitor at the school and you ever get unretired, you're like, oh, I got to get back into the janitorial game. You should probably get a gold-plated gun that says revenge, no matter what your occupation might have been. Uh, next page. Next page has uh, this super dope uh, sort of semi-splash that shows all of the characters. Erica, again, so good. So good at doing sort of like the physicality of characters and how their posture and like just you can just look at this and I think get a really good feeling of like oh smoke is uh, smoke in the chair there is sort of a uh, a detached uh, millennial uh, Dave is Dave behind her is like super stoked about everyone being here others are sort of being wary of each other some of them know each other um, we do uh, we do a couple panels here to let people sort of quickly establish who they are. Uh, Wintergreen talking to the Mama Twins who talk at the same time, so sort of weirdos. Uh, 
we find out that Wistful Stan, who is a favorite character, uh, Wistful Stan does um, does retirement home murders, which uh, which means he has a lot of work because he's a real specialist. Um, and he's sort of he's sort of on the top twenty list still in his sort of old age because of uh, of how prodigious he is and killing all these old people in retirement homes. Uh, Rankin rolls in. Uh, Rankin again is kind of an asshole. He's he's uh, he's not feeling like he's sort of old school asshole because smokes a, a female and this bothers him uh, because he's a jerk. Uh, also, we meet um, Chad Fingerman. Uh, Chad Fingerman's super a jerk. Chad Fingerman tries to uh, sort of Im- impress his toxic masculinity onto Smoke, who's just like middle finger. You know, are you talking to me? Uh, which I think is great. Like she, she looks away from her phone long enough, basically just to tell him to fuck off. Uh, hopefully, I can curse on this podcast. Sorry, Ben, uh, I didn't get clearance. Uh, here we go. Dave's walking around. Like I said, this is more little, uh, uh, some more little, what they call them, little scenes here. Uh, there's a there's a name for that that's escaping me. Uh, Dave's getting signatures. Uh, he's a real little fanboy. Uh, here we see Meat Stick uh, and this other character whose name escapes me. That's terrible. Uh, what is your name? You are Red something. Red Scorpion. Red Scorpion. Uh, spoilers, Red Scorpion doesn't last very long. If she, if she did, I would remember her name, unfortunately. And then at the, the bottom there, we see we see breakout character of 2019, Fuck Tarkington. Uh, Fuck Tarkington's, uh, just uh, look at him. He's a big old hoss. Uh, he's looking at these guns. He doesn't understand what's going on because he clearly has not bothered to read the card that's right next to them and R has not paid any attention. Uh, next page, we see Dave. Dave's super stoked to sort of be out in the world to see his peers for the first time. I really like this element uh, of assassination. I think as comic creators, you know, it's such a solitary uh, way to make a living. Like we, we are home in our offices or wherever, basically by ourselves almost all the time. So when we get out to that convention circuit, it's so thrilling to be able to finally talk shop. And I would think for assassins, like that never happens. So Dave is sort of over the moon here. I think also, you know, it's, you can, from Dave with his little autograph book, you can tell that Dave also is like, he's a big fan of these, of these top 20 rankings. Like he, he's stoked to, he loves his job and he, he's really sort of a fan of the people who do it with him. Uh, Bishop finds some old friends. Uh, we say how good Bishop is. Of course, he's good. He used to be the world's former uh, number one. Um, we talk once again how... Uh, nope, I don't want to get ahead. But there's a really good line there. Uh, I like that uh, uh, Deadly as a kangaroo at a dick convention. A kangaroo is uh, is that little fish that swims up pee-pee holes and then like puts his little needles out. So that's a good bit. Some people say, hey, how do you come up with your good dialogue? And I don't have a good answer for that. Except for that I use like a random text generator and I just keep hitting the button until something good comes out. Um, but that's not true. That's a joke. I just do it in my head. I just try to think of what makes me laugh. I think if you're going to do something with any degree of humor in it, if you can't make yourself laugh, then no one else is going to laugh. So that's sort of always my goal with everything is to put the thing in the world that I want to exist in the world that would entertain me. And... uh and so, yeah, I make myself laugh. Here's fuck. He's now inside. As you can see, his sort of give a penny, take a penny idea with uh, 
with those guns that he's picked up. Of course, he picked up Bishop's gun because it's the shiniest one, like he's a human crow. Uh, this is another bit I'm real proud of. I thought of, you know, when we were going to do these, when we talked about doing the book, uh, Eric and I, it, it was sort of, uh, what's, the, <laughs> I want to do an ensemble cast sort of mystery book. And, uh, we need to have, you know, like 20 something, uh, professional hitman. So I sort of was making a list of name and thinking also like, you know, where a character would be from and what sort of character I wanted to see that I haven't seen for a while. And, uh, fuck Tarkington was a name I came up with. And then shortly after we sort of decided he was sort of this, you know, big hulking sort of affable, you know, rural type character. I love him very much. Um, but this is a bit I'm, I'm, I really like also because they're, they, the other assassins fairly, as he's walking around introducing himself because he's super, he's the nicest guy, right? Uh, they're like, what the heck kind of name, uh, is fuck? And he's, he says, you know, my dad wanted a, a boy named Sue situation, uh, but was worried about certain, uh, homosexual type situation. So he, he felt this was the rightful compromise. Kindy says, does it work? And he's like, well, I'm tough as hell, but sexually ambiguous, which I, I love. I think it says so much about the character. Uh, here is uh, Bishop talking to these sort of old-timey guys from back when he was working about how Rankin never stops talking about how he used to be number one. Uh, also, we see Fuck signed Dave's autograph book, uh, and it's barely legible, which is probably why he didn't read the little sign, because he's not much of a reader. Um, all right, so all these guys are together. Why are they here? Hey, we still don't know. Uh, Rankin says we're about to start, but... Uh, but, you know, we're waiting on someone, which is a little suspicious, which I think is sort of to imply that maybe that's the person who's been trying to take him down. Uh, and look who it is. It's fucking Fernando. Fernando is my boy. I love Fernando. Uh, as he walks in, this crowd of hired killers, these top 20 killers in the world, all sort of lose their minds. They're screaming his name. Red Scorpion has a question for him. It's like she wants to know, like, they want to get tips on how to get better. Uh, really good Fernando line. Fernando used the only weapon he needs. Fernando. That weapon is Fernando. And he signs Dave's autograph book, Fuck Off Cabron, which I think is hilarious. Uh, all right. And we're going to get to it. Rankin says, uh, over the last couple weeks, someone's been trying to kill me. Um, and, uh, my guys suck. So what I want to do is hire you guys to be my bodyguards because it only makes sense. Like if, uh, if someone's trying to kill the world's greatest assassin, who better to sort of, know where someone would try to do it or how to stop yourself from doing it. Right. It's like to get these assassins in here. Cause they, they know the, they know the business of killing so well that they would be able to out kill a professional killer. And Rankin is prepared to pay super well, but whoa, no, nope, no guys. It's not going to be that easy. That'd be a, a boring book. They just hired these 20 assassins and they find the killer and the book's over. Now, uh, someone has already made, presumably the killer, right? Of course the killer, don't be dumb, is, uh, has already, has already sort of hired half of these guys to kill Rankin now, which is pretty smart. If you're trying to kill somebody, uh, and it's not working so far, maybe you should hire better killers, right? Uh, right before these guys start firing on Rankin, he yells, I'll double your fees. Their finger going to knock him down. Uh, Dave is super offended that these guys got guns because there's clearly a sign that said, don't bring guns. Uh, He's a good boy. Him, he's a, he's a good boy killer. He, he's a real, real follower. He doesn't want to ruffle any feathers. Um, Fernando, again, the number one killer in the world, uh, is like double my rate, which has to be, let's be clear, it has to be a, super high. He's Fernando. He's the greatest killer in the world. 
uh, he's like double and just starts opening up a can of Fernando whoop ass. Look at him. Look at that dashing face. Eric, like, Eric is so good, man. Um, I know, I think Eric had some concerns about doing sort of hard, hard, hardcore action stuff. Um, and I sort of historically take action sequences maybe far too serious. I, I really sort of choreograph them out. I think, I think a good fight sequence tells a story or adds something to the story and you can sort of skip over them. Um, which comics I think sort of always has, or you can give them sort of the weight that they deserve. And I think if you want to do that, and I do, um, like fight sequences and comedy, they take a little more space. You have to, you have to do some pacing. Um, and, uh, and she did great though. Like, just look at this, like, like arm break, knee smash the face. Axelrod's done. He's done. So, um, Bishop, who of course left his gun, sees that fuck foolishly brought it in. So now we have, for sure, we have Pendeja, or we have uh, Fernando, who's a living weapon, uh, is is here to defend Rankin. Uh, Fingerman pushes him down, so we know we know Fingerman's here to protect Rankin. Uh, fuck doesn't know what's going on. Dave doesn't know what's going on. But now we know also that Bishop's armed, and of course Fernando's a walking weapon. Uh, Bishop does this shot. He like to sort of establish again. Uh, how good he was now that we get to see him in action is that he kills three guys with one bullet. Um, and two of them were his former friends. Like he doesn't even hesitate. Um, presumably these guys sort of feel like, you know, since Rankin's the victim here, you can see sort of who is more like chaotic, good, uh, than chaotic, bad. I think it's evil, chaotic, evil, chaotic, bad, neutral, neutral. I don't know what that means. Uh, so yeah, even fucks like hell of a shot, baby. Uh, now Fingerman comes up with a gun. Fingerman shooting people. We have what we have sort of a ten on ten assassin battle royal. It's fucking thrilling. Here comes Meat Stick with his fucking his big old Meat Stick. Again, Eric is so good. Uh, kick to the leg, breaks the neck. Uh, here's Desert Regal, which is also a super good name. So many good names. Uh, taking some shots. Fuck, fucks not having it. As you, we get a shot of smoke, is like non like not responding to any of this she's just too cool for school the shot of uh of desert regal crashing on the table i love here's connie and the mamba twins i think connie and the mamba twins uh they're like what what do we do here they're like just wait it out like this doesn't involve us they are sort of more in the middle uh the sort of neutral evil or lawful good no that doesn't sound right i don't know how that works uh like they're chilling out. We go like there's shots, shots, shots. Wistful Stan is very old. He doesn't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> Rankin trying to sort of ha- get Fingerman to be more useful is just mean to him, um, but it works. Fingerman lights some guys up. A uh, stray bullet hits Dave's autograph book, so now he's emotionally involved. He's he's part of the, he's part of this battle. He picks up his his pistol. Uh, Professional assassin and misses, of course, and shoots Wintergreen's ear off. Wintergreen's about to do some oozy business on him. But nope, Fernando's a beast, man. Uh, Fernando finishes it off, takes care of the last guys, and he says that's why he's numero uno. Uh, I really like this shot. I, I think big shots like this with a lot of characters are so difficult to do. Um, 
But you can just see, like, here we see everyone. We see who's dead. We see who survived. We see Smoke still sitting in her chair. Like, it's just a testament to how good Erica is. Uh, in that page before, there's, what, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 panels. That's a lot. I'm fairly certain I didn't write a 17-panel page, but I may have. Uh, I think Erica added a bunch of that in, uh, and she's just so good. And I really love, like, her sort of smaller character, like, so much is done with so few lines. Um, but I just, I really love, I really love this shot of everyone dead around Fernando uh, after he just uh, sort of desperado arm crossed murdered the last of these guys. Uh, Desert Regal thrown to death in this table. I think it's super good. Wistful State, you see everybody who's still alive and everybody who's dead. It's really well done. Uh, and yet another twist. Boom, Fernando, number one, the best killer in the world. It's killed by smoke. Uh, who was previously sort of shamed for being female and make, and having the audacity to be in the top five. Like she takes out the number one, uh, that'll probably maybe be important later. Who's to say, uh, but she has, uh, she has an actual hit. So like presumably someone unaffiliated has been, you know, is getting their revenge on Fernando, uh, because he is the number one killer and has been since Bishop implied, um, so he's killed a lot of people and probably has a fair amount of inter, uh, enemies. Uh, and here's Rankin adjusting that tie again. Such good physical, just physical acting by Erica. And he's like, oh, you're all in. And we see them thinking about it. Spoilers. Hey, spoilers. They're all in. Um, and yeah, look, that's a assassination. I made that comic book with Erica Henderson. Um, and we're real proud of it. It's going to be a five-issue miniseries. So it has a beginning, middle, and end. There's a plan. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys, more spoilers, a good portion of that plan is intense, wild, crazy, intense, increasing murders. Uh, number two, in issue two, we pull back on the murders just a little bit to get sort of the, the book going. Because this is great. We introduce everyone. There's a big Battle Royal murder. I think I had... I think I probably have... I mean, until the trend starts, probably the only Battle Royal murder of 20 assassins trying to kill each other inside a penthouse. But we'll see. Again, I think it's going to be a trend. I think you're going to see a lot of it. And just remember who did it first. Like, me and Erica did it first, right? Like, uh, <laughs> But I think issue three and four have big old massive murders um and uh we're stoked about it you know we're so we're dealing with who's trying to kill rankin who killed bishop's husband um is it one of these guys who are left find out issue two maybe or maybe we'll find out why it definitely is one of these people left you will that's what you'll find out um and also we're going to figure out like can these guys do the job uh, to defend this guy anyway, because clearly they don't all super, super get along for different reasons. There are a lot of disparate characters. And uh, I hope you guys liked it, because uh, we really liked making it. Uh, Skybound's cool. Comic books are cool. You guys are cool. Uh, I'm looking you all directly in the eye right now while I say that. Um, don't look away. Stay with me. You guys are cool. I hope you enjoyed Assassination. Go ahead and make sure you pre-order number two, uh, because... Uh, I got puppies, and they're real hungry, and I also have children, and they're hungry too. Uh, 
and super glad to be able to do comic book commentary and that here we did this commentary and it's comic book commentary and I hope they play that song again, that sort of cool, that song. You know what I'm talking about. And uh, I'll see you guys around. Uh, be good. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever.